Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. What we were looking for, and um, you know, I think they pushed back a little bit. I, th- I liked our first. I think it was a little bit back. I think a lot of the game was back and forth. I don't think we executed very executed very well on our, uh, you know, some of our entries. I thought that we were uh, pulling up too, uh, um, pulling up too shallow inside there. We didn't drive enough pucks. We didn't throw enough pucks to the net. It with a, you know, we scored two goals last night. Two guys going to the blue paint. We had our moments, and so did they. Um, but you know, it just wasn't a clean game. I don't think for either team. You know, we had, still had a chance to take all four points out of here and uh, you know taking the positives out of here we took three out of four we're uh, day off a of rest tomorrow go to LA but uh, you know I think that uh, it wasn't our best game but you know we battled hard in the back-to-back all right good morning everyone how are you doing we just had our first back-to-back of the season for the San Jose Sharks it was very nice having hockey on two consecutive nights The Sharks were not able to follow it up with a second consecutive win, but they were able to take three out of a possible four points from that series. So even though there is some disappointment out of that game, I am overall feeling decent out of this two-game series because I feel like the Sharks overall responded in the first game of the series and there was some fatigue in this second night of a back-to-back no doubt but I still thought the Sharks put forth a good effort the team is still just finding themselves and while that is relatively concerning the later and later we get into this season ultimately I think as long as they're continuing to find themselves before they go back to playing games at home, then it's relatively all right. They were close to getting back to 500 within a game. Now they're back to two games beneath 500, but you still feel like overall the team is taking steps in the right direction. Out of this game, I think Dubnik has to get the start in game one against LA. He was utterly fantastic and very similar to that first game uh, against Minnesota. He was not rewarded with the offensive support that he deserves. You go out there, you score a goal in the first 11 seconds of the game. You need to capitalize upon that. If you score literally off the opening faceoff of the game, you need to bury more shots. And the Sharks have not been able to find that offensive consistency all year long. That's still something, an instance where the team is trying to find themselves. But on a night when the Sharks' offense was not clicking, a night after the night before, they surged in the third period, scored four goals overall, which we do appreciate. But the second night of a back-to-back, if you're going to score that early, you got to put another one on because you recognize the team that is the opposition. They are also going to be a little bit tired. They are also going to be a little bit bruised and banged up from the night before still. 
But the Sharks were not able to do that. And Devin Dubnik, to his credit, he stood on his head. He was absolutely phenomenal, making save after save after save. If you were listening to Randy Hahn and Brett Hedekin in that game, think about how much hockey the two of them have taken in over the course of their careers. They were both having a very good time calling that game. They were really enjoying what they were seeing from Devin Dubnik. And that doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? Like that's because he was putting forth an excellent performance. He was making incredible stops. We go back to that penalty kill in the first period, right after the Sharks scored that first goal. He stopped seven shots. Several of them were simply spectacular. And then you want to go later in the game when he lost his stick with the game on the line. That was a Amazing. I thought Dubnik was absolutely amazing. But again, the overall issue was that the team was not giving him the offensive support that he deserved. And I don't know, you know, how that makes a goalie feel. I don't know if he takes that personally. I hope he doesn't. But it's got to be frustrating because there have been a number of times where he has put forth a really, really good effort this year and hasn't been rewarded. And I hope that after this one, he is at least rewarded with a second consecutive start uh, because he he's, he's outplayed Jones, in my opinion. And Jones has had some big games too this year. Uh, but right now, Devin Dubnik has looked a little bit more consistent and has looked uh, just a little bit more commanding in front of the net. And that's not a dig on Jones. That's just me seeing what I'm seeing from Dubnik and thinking, okay, let's give this guy a little bit of an opportunity to get some momentum going. Let's give him the opportunity to truly find his game. And let's see if he can do this, not just against, uh, you know, Anaheim, a team that's been flailing offensively. Let's see if he can do it against another team in LA that has not been particularly amazing either, but heading into this series, Anaheim was the worst offensive team in the league. Now, the relative good news is that going into this series against L.A., they are not exactly world beaters on offense either as they rank just one spot above the Sharks in overall offense in terms of goals scored. They've scored 28 on the year. That's three more than the Sharks. Uh, but this will be another opportunity for Dubnik to hopefully gain some momentum for the San Jose Sharks to gain a little momentum because momentum has been hard to find. The Sharks with their very odd schedule this year, all of it being on the road, except for a little bit of a break that occurred when you got to get some practice after those two games against Vegas were postponed. It's been hard for the Sharks to get that momentum. And I think that this two-game set against Anaheim, you get three out of four points on back-to-back -back nights. I think this is the closest uh, to momentum that the Sharks have had. And you also have to see whether or not Dubnik gets an opportunity to build some momentum because I think he's earned it. Whether or not Bob Bugner agrees with me or whether or not that's what he wants to do with his goalies, uh, that's, that's something entirely. But I do think Dubnik has been putting forth some really good efforts, and I would love to see him get another consecutive start just to see that if that allows him to get on a roll. One of the more promising aspects that I did see out of this game is the fact that Timo Meyer uh, got a little bit of the message that he needs to put forth a stronger effort, needs to use his physicality more, needs to be that modern power forward that he is purported to be. He was uh, pretty quiet the night before against the Ducks, and I thought he responded and played with a lot more vigor in this game against Anaheim. And that's that's got to be Timo every night. He's got to be using that physicality. He's got to be using that speed. He's got to be going hard to the net. And I think he was frustrated with the fact that he didn't get rewarded with a goal. Obviously, he had that one shot go off the crossbar. But I, I did appreciate the fact that he was 
responding uh, to what Bugner was telling him to do. And I think that we go back to the challenge of what Bugner said after the second period in game one of this series. It's not like it was just a one game thing, right? I mean, I think his players recognize that he is going to take away their ice time. He is going to pull them out of the game. And I know that uh, Kevin Kurz of The Athletic said that that is a risky move to play with the whole essentially what comes comes down to, to public humiliation in his words. But I, I disagree and look at it more in the sense of what Bob Bugner is trying to do. He's got to put the guys out there that are going to be playing their best hockey. And if that's led to guys like Timo or a hurdle or whoever it is getting less time on the ice, uh, then hopefully they they recognize, A, that that means their effort is not up to snuff, and B, that they have to be better. I mean, we go back to what happened with this Sharks team last year in terms of sticking with Eric Carlson and saying goodbye to Joe Pavelski. That put a lot of the onus on Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle to continuing to be big-time offensive performers. Now, Hurdle was having a great season last year that was obviously interrupted by a knee injury, but Timo Meyer struggled. He was slow out of the gate last year, and he's been slow out of the gate again this year, and sometimes he's looked absolutely invisible. And it's been frustrating because I think we know how good uh, Timo can be. And I, I do take pleasure in the fact that he was responding last night, that he was putting forth a better effort. But it's got to be more consistent. He has got to be that player every single night. He has got to be aggressive. He needs to be powerful. He needs to go hard to the net. And that leads me to some overall hesitation that we've seen from this Sharks team. And I don't know I don't know why that hesitation is there. They have turned down some shots. They've been trying to get cute. We heard Bob Bugner talk about it after the game. The fact that guys are, are going for the home run as opposed to the singles and, and doubles. And when you see things like that, when you see hesitation, you do get frustrated because you watched Timo last night get rid of that hesitation and just try and put shots on the net, and they were rewarded with it in terms of creating good opportunities. And we talked about this during the break for the Sharks, the, the little mini break, whatever we're calling that, that time off due to the Vegas postponement, but the Sharks were able to recognize that if they put shots on net, they are going to be rewarded with second opportunities or more. And it seems like even though they know what the issue is, there's still some hesitation. Eric Carlson is another one. And you heard the guys on the broadcast harping on it last night. You wonder why that hesitation is there, why he isn't just throwing that puck to the net. Ask questions of the team's defense, of their goalie. Make them respond. Put the puck in play. If you create chaos in front of the net, you are going to tax the defense. You are going to tax the goalie. The more pressure you put on, you are hopefully going to find a breakthrough. Now, it doesn't mean you're always going to find a breakthrough. Obviously, as Devin Dubnik responded to that pressure in you know on the other end last night, and Miller responded positively to the pressure last night, he made some big stops. But you need to not have that hesitation, especially when you are the Sharks right now, a team that doesn't have the offense going 100%. Make something happen. It doesn't always have to be the best look. It doesn't always have to be a high percentage shot. I don't I don't care. I just want to see more aggression. Put pucks in front of the net and make things happen. In terms of Eric Carlson with the hesitation he was showing, I, I don't know why, and it, it makes me wonder sometimes if he is feeling the pressure, if he is hearing the chatter out there, that he needs to be better, that he needs to be doing more. And we've heard Bob Bugner out there 
talking about his best players needing to play like they are their best players. There have been some moments as of late where Carlson has made some absolutely eye-popping plays, set up guys, put them in good positions to make plays. He has been absolutely phenomenal at moments, but it hasn't been a consistent effort over the course of the game. And that is what Eric Carlson needs to do. And I think that he will find more of that consistency in his game if he gets rid of some of the cuteness, if he gets rid of some of those chances where he's trying to make the home run pass. Because we have seen it this year, he's tried to get cute. He's tried to make the backhand pass. He's tried to go between guys' legs. He's tried to thread the needle. I know the skill set is there for him to make that happen, but he needs to get that out of his game for the time being because this isn't the supercharged offense that he joined when the Sharks were coming along in 2019 and 2018, I should say as well, even though it really took them into 2019 for things to get going with Eric Carlson, but this isn't the same offense. He needs to make the simple passes. He needs to make sure that guys have the opportunity to receive the passes and the Sharks also can't keep on turning the puck over in the neutral zone or just as they're trying to enter the offensive zone, it's putting them immediately at a deficit and it's tiring them out, a sec- especially on the second night of a back-to-back. So there were frustrating things you saw from the Sharks. You know that that talent is there. You know that that opportunity is there, uh, but they've just they got to stop being cute. They've got to stop going for these um, incredible plays and just go out there and make clean passes, make simple passes, give guys an opportunity after linking that chain. And I think you will see more of that offensive contribution start to happen across the board. And it's just so frustrating because if you only give up one goal in the NHL, you should win that game like 10 times out of 10. There there should not be a debate. You can go back to a previous theme that the media all love to play on. And that was two or fewer. It's valid. You have to win this game. If you only give up one goal, that means you did a lot of the dirty work. That means that you limited the offensive opportunities. That means that your goalie did his job. That means that overall, you know, it's not as fun to play defense. The offense is the flashy part, but it says to me that the team did their job. You got to follow through on the other end. And I, I also am trying to look at this big picture and tell myself that, yeah, the Sharks did earn a possible three out of four points in this series, that is a step in the right direction. That is something they they have not done so far this year. But they had another game go to overtime. This is more time that's adding up on legs that are given minimal rest with this rapid-fire schedule, and you hope that that doesn't hurt this team as they get later and later into the year. And of course, I have to ask myself as well if I am being too harsh because of the way the schedule is set up with all these games being on the road. But I do feel like if these are steps in the right direction, what's the next step in the right direction? A, it's more offensive contribution, and that offensive contribution is going to lead to that next step in the right direction, and that's got to be winning these games in regulation. If you have the opportunity to win it in regulation, I mean, it seems obvious, but you got to do that. You have to put yourself in a place to win these games, keep yourselves out of overtime, Keep yourselves out of a shootout because any anything can happen at that point, right? I mean, you can play three-on-three hockey and not have it represent anything that occurred during the game. You can have a goalie stand on his head for 60 minutes and have a shootout not represent anything that happened in the game. That's not 60 minutes of a night 
representation in the NHL. It's something entirely different. And the other end of that is that if you're doing it on the road, it's not a bad thing. If you are doing it at home, it would be more of a bad thing. But the Sharks haven't had any home games up to this point. This has all been on the road. So four or five and one over the course of a 10-game road trip, you don't hate it, I suppose. And you also earned three out of four points in the last two games, but you don't love it either. And I'm waiting for the Sharks to show me something that I love, right? I'm waiting for them to absolutely blow me away in a two-game stretch. And I liked the effort night to night that I saw in this two-game stretch against Anaheim. We view this as a team the Sharks should beat. And hopefully in a home two-game series, that's exactly what will happen. Uh, But right now, the Sharks are still in that process of finding themselves. And it makes it that much more frustrating the the later and later we get into the year as they try to find themselves because, A, it's later and later into the year and they're creating a deficit for themselves. And it's also all on the road and they don't come home until February 13th. They've got two more games on the road before they finally come home. If you walk out of this with a record of 6-6, and I think you're feeling decent. You're not feeling great. You're not feeling awful. If you walk out of this with five wins, six losses, and one overtime loss, you're probably telling yourself it could have gone worse, but it's not as good as you otherwise would have liked it to be. But if we go big picture once again before we hit the break, overall, three out of four points, that's a good thing. Overall, you have not given Devin Dubnik the offensive support he deserves, and you only let up one goal and you didn't get the win. That's a bad thing. So it's a night where you come out of it with two minds. You like what you saw from Dubnik. You like what you saw from the defense. You don't like what you saw from the offense. You don't like some of the continued attempts to be too fancy, to be too cute. This team needs to look at this two-game set and say, we can out-effort teams. We can out-talent teams. We need to stop trying to out-flash teams. We need to stop trying to make highlight reels. We need to play simple, aggressive, hard-nosed hockey. And if they do that, they're going to be rewarded. And now, a moment of chill from Coors Light. (sighs) Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill after the short but cold beer run from hot tub to cabin. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Yeah, and you know, I mean, he, uh, especially that save with a few seconds to go there and, and, and overtime uh, to get us a chance to, to get into the shootout. Uh, it would have been nice to get him the two points, um, but he was uh, he was excellent tonight. Um, he battled hard. He had desperation in his game, and uh, especially in that first power play in the first period. I thought we got caught cheating a little bit, looking for offense. Thought that, you know, we'd you know, step out of shorty, and then we gave up three seam plays, and he came up big on each one. So, yeah, he uh, gave us a chance to get in after the first period with a one nothing lead. That's head coach Bob Boone. Bugner bringing us back in as the Sharks were unable to get it done to the Ducks last night, falling 2-1 in a shootout, and Devin Dubnik was incredible. Uh, just an absolutely phenomenal performance from him. Unfortunately, the Sharks did not give him the offensive support he deserved. Here's Mario Ferraro on his goalie. 
Doobie was huge. Um, that was a that was a huge huge game. He played unreal to to bring us all the way to shootout. Um, <clears throat> obviously, we we're looking to to pull through for him there, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. You know, I think th- that our goaltending has been great so far this year. You know, Doobie's been in uh, a few games now, and it's unfortunate that he hasn't gotten a win yet. But I still think that he's been playing um, real good hockey. Uh, you know, he's been stopping the biscuit back there, and you know, I'm really I'm really happy for him uh, tonight. Uh, I just wish we could have pulled through with the win, but you know, it's coming. It's it's definitely coming. He's playing solid. He was huge. And it's obviously got to be frustrating for Devin Dubnik to not get that support, but it's got to be frustrating for the Sharks overall to put forth these efforts and not be rewarded. I mean, the first six games of the year, they could have been 6-0. and I know they were obviously not. They were 3-3 three and three heading into that series against Colorado, but the winning effort was there in all of those games. They just weren't able to win them. And you look at these two games against Anaheim, they could have walked away with two wins, but they didn't, even though they had winning efforts. The The issue is that the winning efforts are not across the board right now. You're getting nights where some guys are up and some guys are down. And this might be the result of playing all these games on the road, inconsistent scheduling that is also a bit of a grind. I recognize there are a lot of factors at play, but you do want to get those, those games at home at the very least where you do see an across-the-board game where for 60 minutes guys go out there and play winning hockey. And I don't think we've seen that from the Sharks too many times this year. That's why there have been all these overtime and shootout games, and that's why three of their four wins have come in shootouts. You have not had a consistent performance. You've not had a consistent Sharks identity throughout these first 10 games of the year. Again, many, many factors influencing that. No doubt whatsoever, but the Sharks, after having a nice comeback the night before in game one against Anaheim, they followed it up with a a night where the offense just wasn't there and not giving the support that Devin Dubnik needed. Now, one of the things that is emerging in this season is Mario Ferraro getting more opportunities on the ice, getting more time out there overall. Here's what he had to say about that. Uh, it feels good just being out there and being a guy that obviously didn't play as much last year. It's it's pretty difficult when you're, you know, you're going out there every few shifts. It's hard to gain momentum. So it feels pretty nice, um, you know, to be out there consistently. I'm very fortunate to have these opportunities <clears throat> playing along side Burnsy and, and Carl lately. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. It's, it's good to, uh, you know, get a lot of touches out there and, and um, play against uh, those tough lines. And he was also asked about the fact that Bob Bugner is not showing any hesitation in increasing some guys ice time and reducing others. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's a coach, so he makes the decisions on who's out there and stuff, but <clears throat> I guess based on what you said, what happened or what's the ice time levels lately. I mean, I guess it, well, you got to earn it, right? You got to earn it. Um, so to be out there against those top lines or late in the game or in critical situations, it's about earning your spot out there. And um, at the end of the day, he's he's the guy who makes the decisions on who's going to be out there on the ice. So, um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's always my mentality as a player. Uh, if I want to be out there, I got to earn it and uh, I got to play hard a full 60 minutes. So um, I think that's a good mentality that we have going on in the room right now is, you know, guys need to play a full 60. We need every every line buzzing. And um, yeah, you're going to earn your chances to be out there in critical situations.
And I think he was being sensitive and trying not to specifically say Mark Edward Vlasic right there, but Vlasic is a guy who has seen his time on the ice reduced because he hasn't been performing up to snuff. And Vlasic himself admitted it, and I think that right now that's going to be one of the issues the Sharks are trying to figure out, trying to get Vlasic to play his best game, trying to get overall everyone to play their best game because we keep on hearing this theme and seeing it before our eyes. We see a good first period followed by a rough second period, and then it's kind of a scramble in the third period, and that's not 60 complete minutes of hockey, and I know that that's an obvious goal to shoot for, but that's what it takes to win, and especially that's what it takes to win when you do not have the high-powered offense that you used to have in San Jose. It's not going to be as easy. It's not going to just happen like it did before. It's going to be more of a fight. It's going to be more of a battle. You're going to have to work that much harder, and that message has to come across the board to everyone, no matter how much they're getting paid, no matter what their experience level is, no matter what they've done on the world stage, it has to be a battle. Here's Timo Meyer weighing in on the fact that ice time has been fluctuating for certain players. Yeah, I mean, you got to take advantage now once you get a chance to go out there and make a difference. So, you know, if it's last minute, obviously it's 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 tougher to get into the game and, and stay in that flow. So, yeah, you're just trying to uh, when you when you're not having uh, a lot of minutes, uh, you're just trying to go out there and, and and you know keep it simple. And uh, when you're not touching the puck a lot, and you know hopping over the boards and sitting on the bench for a bit, it's always a little a little harder. But you gotta go out there and make the best out of it. And you know that this idea of keeping it simple was likely something the Bugner was hammering home during practice last week. And Bugner was asked if the things the team's been working on in practice has been showing up in the games. I thought we were a lot better breaking out last night than we were tonight. And I think, you know, a little bit has fatigue. I think both sides flipped a lot of pucks and, uh, um, but you know, yeah, there's, there's definitely good, some good things. I think, uh, you know, we came in here and got three out of four and, and uh, you, you know, I think there's still another level to our game. And I think it's uh, um, something that we're going to keep working on. And, um, but yeah, there, there's definitely some things that we, uh, you know, we scored four goals last night on the road and uh, that's a, that's a pretty good sign for our offense tonight. I think both teams were a little bit of the same, uh, you know, trying to muster up that energy. And, you know, I assume that, you know, some of these games, these back-to-backs are going to be like that against the same opponent. It's, this is new territory for everybody and uh, quick turnaround. And, um, you know, it's just, um, it was a little bit of a sluggish game. And I think the sluggishness was highlighted by what we saw from the play of Eric Carlson, a guy who looked hesitant, a guy who at times made eye-popping plays and at other times just seemed afraid to pull the trigger. Here's Bugner on the Superstar Swede. Yeah, I thought he shot a few tonight. And then, yeah, I think, uh, um, you know, we're, we're all a little guilty of, of, you know, instead of making the easy play, we want to we wanna see what else is there. And uh, I, I my terminology is it's hitting more singles and not hitting a home run every time uh, you're on the ice. And, you know, I think he's getting better at that. I think he's gotten some shots through. And, and you, know, um, you know, I'd like to see the power play calm. I'd like to see him calm the power play down a little bit, take control, be the quarterback out there. And it's, and we only had one tonight. I'd like to see that, that improve, but uh, you know, there's some, some things happening in everybody's game. You're starting, you know, you don't see it every night, but you're starting to see some improvements and uh, we, we have another level and we haven't brought it all together for 60 minutes yet. We've had spurts and that, and that just the same. I'm talking about the team comes with a lot of the individuals as well. And of course he knows that if his brightest stars play their best hockey, that's going to raise the level of the other players on 
the ice, and it hasn't all happened out there at the same time. But I do feel what Coach is saying, though. I do feel like this team is taking steps in the right direction. I think it's just hard for us to see that because it's also on the road, and it is also relatively inconsistent over the course of the 10 games that we've seen. The Sharks have been good on some nights, poor on others. They've never been great, and you're waiting for that team to break through with a great performance, and maybe that's going to happen against L.A., a team that's not exactly world beaters right now, and the Sharks need to have these performances to get their overall confidence going and show themselves that they can do it. I think the longer it takes for that breakthrough to happen, the longer they are going to put themselves under the gun and put themselves in that clenching situation where they're keep on trying to make it happen and make it happen. And that's why you see these home run passes. That's why you see these cute and fancy plays because they're all trying to do too much. You simplify, simplify, simplify. That has got to be the theme for this team going forward because when that happens, especially when they're on home ice, I think you are going to see that 60-minute complete effort. But that doesn't quell the immediate frustrations you've had with this team, and you see the one-night-good, one-night-not-good-enough performances that have dogged this team throughout the first 10 games of the year. But I'm going to give you overall something to be encouraged by in the West right now. The Sharks are only four points behind Anaheim, who currently occupy the final playoff spot in the West. Obviously, this is going to change. It's not going to be consistent from here on out, you would imagine. But the Sharks have three games in hand on Anaheim. So you make up these games, you get home games, and you really start to feel like it's not that far off. I know that when you're sitting just above the basement in the West, it's a little bit of a hard pill to swallow. But when you're only four points out with three games in hand, I feel like that is something to look at with a bit of positivity, and we have seen the Sharks do all of this on the road so far. There have not been home games. So just to look at the West last night, we saw the Coyotes beat the Blues. That has the Coyotes two points ahead of the Sharks and one spot ahead of the Sharks in the standings in sixth place. The Kings, who are up next for the Sharks, are one point behind San Jose. They are in eighth place in the West. Three wins, five losses, two overtime losses. And they see Las Vegas today at noon, so they could find themselves hurting a bit more when they finally do see the Sharks on Tuesday night. So overall, a bit of frustration, but again, a small step in the right direction as the Sharks take three points out of a potential four in two games against Anaheim only two more games on the road before the Sharks finally come back home. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.